Coming up on today's Locked On Big Ten, a thriller to go over between Purdue and Illinois. And while we're talking about the star power in that game, who has the best star on the hardwood in the conference right now? We'll break down some of the numbers and try to decipher who stands out most in a conference full of standouts here on Locked On Big Ten. <laughs> You are Locked On Big Ten, your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, thanks for tuning in to Locked On Big Ten, and thanks for making Locked On Big Ten your first listen every weekday, Monday through Friday. I'm your host, Nate Dickinson. Today's show is brought to you in part by Sonos. Experience the game like never before with the Sonos Arc, the premium smart soundbar for TV, movies, music, gaming, and more. Visit Sonos.com to learn more. All right, we've got a lot to get to in this show because I wanted to talk about the best stars in the Big Ten right now. There's been a lot of talk about who really stands out in this conference because there's a long list. I mean, we talked before about the Wooden Award. About half of it was filled up with Big Ten players. This conference has stars this season, but who has been the biggest star so far? I don't want to talk about who I think is the best. I want to get into the actual numbers. In a year that there's been a whole lot of really, really good stats coming in, let's actually put them all next to each other and decipher who has been standing out most. Because if you're just watching your team, it's pretty easy to think that your guy is the best one out there because there's a lot of best guy out there kind of players on these teams. But before we get to any of that, I want to talk about huge game with some of the stars we're going to talk about between Purdue and Illinois last uh, afternoon it was. Yeah, it was middle of the day, but anyway, I just instinctively almost said last night. But anywho, almost went into the early evening with a double overtime thriller. The Boilermakers come out on top in that second overtime. Final score, 96-88. to 88. And I think we learn a lot about both of these teams, but the biggest overarching thing is that both of these teams are really, really good when they're playing their best. I think we got, and the box score shows it in a lot of ways, a really, really good night for both of these teams. Just quality of basketball. Both teams shot the ball relatively well. Purdue was exceptional from three. Didn't take all that many threes. Illinois was good from three at a more uh, consistent rate throughout the game, too. So you kind of got a really nice showing from both of these squads. Turnovers were not terrible for either team. I mean, if you just watched it, you were looking and saying, okay, this is a couple of really good college basketball teams going at each other right now. Not at the end of the season when we're talking about how everyone needs to get things figured out by then. This is what all this time right now is all about. We're talking about right now, these teams playing high-quality college basketball in just a really fun matchup. And it obviously went the extra time that it deserved to go over there in Champaign. Uh, for Purdue, I think we already knew the Boilermakers were the best teams, one of the best teams in the country, and we got to see a little bit a more evident picture of that against a really good Illinois team. They've lost twice, and again, those two losses kind of make you worry a little bit, the way that they lost them, as well as some other close games too. But beating this Illinois team the way that they did, again, Illinois had its question marks too. But once more, this was a high-quality basketball game. Purdue played a good team on a good day for them and beat Illinois, which I'm going to get to now is a really, really good basketball team. I feel like that's what we learned about this Illini squad, is that 
Illinois is up there with everybody else in the Big Ten in the way that we thought they might be in the preseason, or I, I should say other people thought they were. Illinois had preseason rankings. I wasn't buying into the hype. But if they play this way, Illinois has the ability, obviously, we just saw it, to play with the best teams in the country, mainly because of a guy like Andre Curbelo coming in and making a huge impact right away. They said it on the call. Illinois was one of the best teams in the country before this guy came back into the lineup to run the offense for Illinois again. Without him, Illinois was getting back to things. But I don't care about teams being hot and playing, again, well in the moment or all that kind of stuff. Is there a real contender here now, now that he's back on the court? And I think it's obvious that he makes Kofi Coburn better. It's obvious that he makes this team just overall better and I think just more efficient as a basketball team offensively when he's out there running the point and being the distributor for this squad. I think it makes it just more multidimensional what this team can do. I think that was the biggest thing clogging the progress of Illinois early in the season when he wasn't out there is that yes, Kofi Coburn's great, but kind of like in the way that Zach Eady is always there for Purdue and always going to be able to get his, but not always going to be able to make his own play on a play-by-play basis. You have kind of a guy in a Curbelo coming back that can help an Illinois team make its own plays again. Coburn's not going to be able to run this offense from the way that he plays and where he plays on the court. That's just not the way that the game works. So when you bring in Andre Curbelo again, it's like the missing gear got put back into place and everything started turning again. It looked smooth right off the bat and I was, honestly, everyone was, I'm sure, surprised to say it right now, but you can see that in that one game, you saw the full effect of what he's going to be able to do to help that team. He makes that offense better in every single way, not just in the guard stuff, but in what the bigs are able to do around it. We obviously saw, by the way, he played at the end of the game, the impact he can have on that play-by-play basis in making plays, in coming up with the shot when you just need one and all the planning doesn't really matter. He can do all of that kind of stuff. Uh, I think Illinois is back, back to where you want to be if you're an Illini fan, trying to get back into that national conversation. This game against Purdue puts you right back there, at least in the eyes of the people who follow this conference. Maybe not all around the country. Everyone's still looking at Illinois now. But in the uh, people who watch that game, uh, I'll say that, in the people who watch that game, they know at least the potential that Illinois has to play with any team any day of the week. Now the question becomes, since we'll see a little bit bigger of a sample size, can they be consistent enough at having the kind of game they had to be able to be considered a real, real national contender? Because there's still that next step to be had. We'll, of course, find out more about if that is who Illinois is as they get on the hardwood more. We've got more Big Ten games on the slate here today, too. Let me pull up the schedule real quick. Apologies. And we have it again. Wisconsin at Northwestern here tonight. Ohio State's hosting IUPUI, and Michigan will host Maryland, too. That's the schedule for today. Yesterday, I mentioned, of course, Purdue beat Illinois 96-88 in double overtime. Indiana picked up a win, too, 78-71 over Nebraska. That sets up, actually, a nice IU-Purdue matchup later on this week. We'll talk about that, well, later on this week. Coming up here on Locked On Big Ten, we're going to break down the stars of the conference. Some of them we just talked about, a whole lot more there still to be discussed. Who right now is, though, the best, number one in the Big Ten as it stands? We'll 
Talk more about that right here in just a minute on Locked On Big Ten. Hey, Big Ten fans, Nate Dickinson here with an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. Get Upside. Listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time you fill up. Just download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play Store right now. Use our promo code SCORE and get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill-up. That's up to 50 cents cash back for every gallon of gas. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app to get free for free and use promo code SCORE to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash back just gets added right to your account. You can cash out at any time to your bank account, PayPal, or even an e-gift card for Amazon or other places too. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code SCORE to get up to $0.50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. That's code SCORE. Welcome back into Locked On Big Ten. We've got a list of top 10, at least the way that I see things right now, top 10 players in the Big Ten Conference. This has been a star-studded conference so far early in the college basketball season. Players from uh, have seven different schools represented in this list of 10 have been absolutely dominating, not only in the non-conference, but also turning over into conference play too. They've shown the longevity to get national attention. And honestly, making this list wasn't all that hard because nine of the players here are on the wooden midseason top 25 list. It was stacked with Big Ten players. So as we look up and down here, who is the best of the best? What is the things that are going to stand out and at least in my mind going to put us up or below other people? I'll break it down as we go, but starting at the bottom and going to the top from 10 to 1, all I really did was kind of just look up the top 10 players in the conference in just about everything. Uh, honestly, I just looked up and down each list of 10, every single stat, and I was just kind of thinking that with all the star, star power, again, that the Big Ten has, if you're not going to be top 10 in one of these categories, it's not going to be enough to be worth noting. And I was kind of right, because I got too much information here as is, just looking at all that kind of stuff. So as we roll through this list, keep in mind that I'm only really talking about the things that players are elite at in this conference because uh, honestly just being good enough or being adequate is not good enough to get attention when you've got such a stacked group of stars all the way across the big 10 so let's start down at the bottom at number 10 again i've got seven schools represented across these 10 spots you're actually going to see three purdue boilermakers in this list too but we'll get to them in a minute number 10 on my list is representing Rutgers, ron harper jr been outstanding Top 10 in scoring in the Big Ten at 16.6 points per game. He sits at number 7 in the conference. He's also 8th in steals per game. He's an outstanding free throw shooter as well. Finished 10th in that stat, just one I thought I'd throw in. And as far as win shares go, which is something that I, I just personally kind of value in looking at what a basketball player has actually done, maybe not predictive as much as a stat, but in looking at how you've actually contributed, I like win shares as a statistic. He's ninth in the conference in that. So for Ron Harper Jr. to kind of have that kind of continuing breakout season and to be able to do it honestly consistently, because we saw the star power from him, obviously. I, I mean, we talked about losses that Purdue had. We can't have that conversation without talking about Ron Harper Jr. So 
He has that ability to impact a game in that way. His ability to be long and have the longevity throughout this whole season was something I wasn't necessarily expecting. He's really, really stepped up. Uh, we'll have two Purdue Boilermakers in a row here, and honestly, I'm having a hard time ranking these Purdue players. But at 8-9, and nine, I have Jaden Ivey and Zach Eady. Uh, Ivey's 10th in points per game in the conference at 16.4. Eady is 10th in rebounds per game at 7.5. Uh, Ivey's a decent rebounder, too. Ivy's actually 10th in player efficiency rating. Another stat I like to look at just is efficiency for a player. Uh, he's 10th in field goal percentage, takes efficient shots. Zach Eady's number one in field goal percentage in the conference. Uh, 6th in blocks per game, too. And we've talked a lot about Eady, I feel like, already. This is a guy who, again, is going to have it every single game. That average that he has in scoring, which I believe is double digits. Again, he didn't make top 10, so I don't have it on me right here just looking at this first list. But... He's, of course, scoring enough to make an impact. He's rebounding at the rate that is obviously top 10 in the conference, too. He's huge, which matters in, in, in some way. That has to matter outside of all the advanced statistics. So he has that consistency, of course, that you want out of the big man. And we're going to have more of this kind of talk when we get up to Kofi Coburn later in this list. But Edie has that kind of ability to be there all the time, but cannot be the guy, of course. So you need guys like a Jade Nivey or a Travion Williams, who we'll get to later in this list, who are really going to be those playmakers. Edie is there. He's there to staff, or stuff that stat sheet, and he's going to do that every single time out. That's why you want him on your team, but you don't rely on him at the end of the game. It's just the way it is. It's the way that app just kind of works and when you're working in a talented conference like the big 10 it ends up putting you near the bottom of any sort of top 10 list uh it's also part of the reason why hunter dickinson comes up at number seven on this list from michigan 16.4 points per game and eight and a half rebounds per game are both top 10 in the conference that's huge he's also blocking shots he's making shots efficiently fourth in field goal percentage in all the conference and he's just really really efficient as a basketball player his experience is really showing this season. Fourth in the conference and player efficiency rating. When he's on the court, he's impacting the game in positive ways. It's why he goes over someone like a Zach Eady for me, uh, but not good enough quite to get above a guy like an E.J. Liddell, who comes in at number six on my list. 19.4 points per game is top five in the conference. He's also blocking shots, which is not the hugest. Again, he's got size. Not trying to take that away from him, but it's not the biggest of bigs. In the Big Ten, his ability to find the shot and block is, I think, something that is a skill more than just jumping up and being tall. Uh, eighth in field goal percentage. He's number one in the conference in free throws attempted, something that I obviously value a lot, getting to the line, especially when you're going to play the way that Liddell does. He's not afraid of, obviously, drawing that contact. He's uh, fourth in win shares, which is huge. Only downside, he is also second in turnovers. That's a stat that I looked at, too as far as top 10s go. But uh, when the offense at Ohio State runs the way that it does through him, that happens quite a bit. So that's the bottom half of what I have as my top 10 right now in the Big Ten. You may be a little bit upset at hearing names a little bit earlier than you may have liked, but this next five, I don't know if you can argue that you would want to bump any of them off. We're going to talk about it in just a minute. The top five players in this Big Ten Conference, the way I see it, with what we've seen so far. Not talking about potential, not talking about just what I think about them as talents and basketball players, with what they've put on the paper. 
That's coming up more here on Locked On Big Ten. It's the new year, which means that resolutions may be in store for you. And one of those ones that can be the toughest to stick to, of course, and the most popular one out there is staying in shape. But with Built Bar, you can get in shape while not losing some of that flavor that you love that can be what holds you back most of the time. Built Bar has 100% dark chocolate in all of its bars. So no matter what, you're going to be getting that kind of great flavor, no matter which flavor of Built Bar you choose. So... Head on over to Built.com right now and take a look at all the products. They've got flavors coming out all the time while giving you all the great nutrition that you want out of a bar, of course, too. We're talking about more than 15 grams of proteins with less than 5 net grams of carbs and sugars, less than 150 grams or 150 calories. Check that per bar in these Built Bars. So with all the nutrients that you want, all the flavor that you're craving, it's no better way to start off that New Year's resolution or really just any time of year or day just by using a Built Bar or any of their Built products to get yourself through it. Head on over to Built.com again and use our promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. Again, it's LOCKED15 for 15% off over at Built.com. Back on Locked On Big Ten, I went through 6 through 10 on my list of top 10 basketball players in the conference right now. Now let's go through the top 5. It's a stacked conference of talent, so this is a hard list to make, of course. Again, I mentioned before the break, some of the names you already might have heard, you might be thinking belong in this top 5, but I don't think there's anything you can argue about as far as where these 5 players I'm about to list, I mean, belong in the conference. These are top 5 talents, I think. And I think that no matter really the way any of this plays out, I feel like, honestly, most of this list could shift up and down with the play of these guys. I don't feel like there's a ceiling that limits really anybody from going from bottom to top or a floor where anybody could fall apart, of course, to fall all the way off this thing, too. But again, this is just the way I see things with the play that has been done already right now. Let's move on. Number five. Our last Purdue Boilermaker, Travion Williams, is at 8.5 rebounds per game, sitting at 5th in the conference. Obviously knows how to score the ball, too. He's 7th in field goal percentage in the conference. He's efficient. Maybe the most efficient for what he does out there with his time on this list. He's been outstanding, 2nd in player efficiency rating, 7th in overall win shares. And he does it without scoring the ball at a top 10 rate either. So he's doing all sorts of things that are outside of, I guess, what he would do maybe if he was on like another team, if he didn't have star scores, people who could put the ball in the basket like Zach Eady and Jaden Ivey around him. But Travion Williams has been doing it kind of in a way that has, in my opinion, been why Purdue has been at that next level good not, not obviously only him doing it but the kind of things that Travion Williams does so well is what Purdue is going to need to be a contender come March and I mean if they're trying to do again top 10 top five team kind of stuff beginning of April too number four on the list is Johnny Davis from Wisconsin this is where things really get tough here, honestly, because I, I think if you're looking at just like who's the best player in the Big Ten, you could put any of these four guys, I think, that I have left in any order. But I have Johnny Davis at four, right now second in the conference in scoring at 22.1 points per game. Insane. Also looking at seven and a half rebounds per game. He's doing things on defense 
that are extremely impressive out on the perimeter too. Not everybody on this list touts that ability too. He's a seventh in the conference in seals per game. It was yeah, a sixth in field or free throw percentage, ninth in per. He's a guy who is a breakout star. Had been before, just took it to another level here this season. We're going to have more of that in the next guy we talk about too. But what he's been able to do as far as just developing as a scorer has been insane. I don't know. Again, we talk with Asher Lowe about Wisconsin a lot, but I don't know how many people saw this kind of an explosion from Johnny Davis coming exactly, but he's been incredible. I I don't know how else to put it. Number three on the list is Trace Jackson Davis. IU has been an impressive team, honestly, ever since Mike Woodson got there in his ability in the offseason to keep players like Jackson Davis on campus and at this start of the season, in the hot start that IU had in a conference and in a country where there's a whole lot of talent in college basketball right now. But Trace Jackson Davis has been the shining star of it all. 19.5 points per game, 9.1 rebounds per game, is third in the conference in rebounding. Insane. Fourth in the conference in points per game. One of only two players on this list who are going to be top five in both of those categories. And the next one's coming up next. He was first on, he's, I didn't even get to the craziest part, first in the conference in blocks per game. The guy gets up, knows how to find the basketball, second in windshares, fourth in player efficiency. He's just been a monster. And again, a guy who, like Johnny Davis, even to a bigger extreme, we knew he was a star last season. He's just jumped out of the building as far as his breakout potential and abilities as a basketball player this season too. He's carrying Indiana, no doubt about that. He's one of the most efficient players in the country and one of the most fun players to watch with the way that he works around a basketball court. Uh, Just really, really cool. Top two players are players who I think maybe, again, you could argue anyone, and obviously the guy on your team should be at the top of this list, but with the way that these top two guys have just stuffed the stat sheets, I don't feel like there's any arguing their place here. Number two is Kofi Kokbra. 21.1 points per game and 11.8 rebounds per game, which leads the conference in rebounding. Third in scoring. One of only three players scoring 20 points per game in the Big Ten right now. Also third in player efficiency. Third in win shares. Sixth in field goal percentage. We talked about this again with Edie. And we talked about it in the first segment with Andre Corbello coming back. Kofi Kokbra is... Someone who, again, cannot do it all by himself, I do not think. He is not Zion Williamson. He is an insane physical athlete. He is an insane basketball player. And he is an insane asset to have around other talented players, which Illinois also has. And we've seen now with the Purdue game that Illinois can be the team that some, not me, again, my bad there, thought that Illinois was going to be preseason. I think they've shown and proven, honestly, even in just that one game, but really in what they had done in the recent weeks, that they're back. Kofi Kochburn's going to be, again, the biggest thing that drives Illinois to a title. But the question still remains, at the end of the game, is college basketball a sport where Kofi Kochburn can be the guy who ends up winning it for you? He can win you a game across 40 minutes, but when it comes down to your best against their best and a minute at the end, or the one possession at the end. Is he the kind of guy that college basketball or basketball in general will allow to win you it? I I don't know. But again, he's, I think, the closest thing we've got 
to knowing it in the Big Ten because he's outstanding, incredible with what he's able to do, and again, his athleticism and the feats that he puts out on the basketball court. Number one on the list is Iowa's Keegan Murray. 23.9 points per game is number one in the conference. 8.1 rebounds per game is number six, which is insane given, again, where he plays on the court. He's fourth in the conference in blocks per game, sixth in the conference in steals per game, fifth in field goal percentage, seventh in free throw percentage, and obviously number one in player efficiency and win shares. He has been a stat sheet stuffer all year. You can't argue with it. He has been best in the Big Ten so far. He may not be the most talented player out there. You can argue, of course, that he won't be the guy who ends up winning big games for their team in the NCAA tournament at the end. But Keegan Murray has it. Whatever it is that you want from him on any given night, he has it for you. And he's going to be able to bring it to that Iowa Hawkeye squad. Iowa, as a team, unfortunately, not going to be good enough for him to really, really be a superstar, I don't think. But... He is incredible, no doubt about that, and he's uh, continuing to show it as the start of the Big Ten season rolls up, too. It was not just a non-con fluke. Uh, that's at least my list. Of course, you don't agree with it, I know, and I want to be able to change it again and maybe do this updated later on in the year as we get more conference games in, but with so much star power here, I don't feel like it's going to be hard ever to make a list of top 10 players in this conference. I mean, there's guys, obviously, I had to leave off here. But we'll talk more about that later on. This has been Locked On Big Ten. Everything you need to know about the conference, of course, every day of the week, Monday through Friday. Now that you're done here with Locked On Big Ten, make your second listen Locked On Bets. It's your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms.